0: Imagínate los gritos, eh. Imagínate, ahorita ya se desgreñaron completamente. Bien. Y y, y yo quiero mandar un saludo a alguien. Adelante, personas Yo quiero mandar un saludo a Fredo Esparza. Fredo Esparza. Esparza. Lucha Blog. Y mi main man, Rob Viper. Oye, Fredo Esparza como que no me quiere mucho, ¿eh? ¿O oh, no? No, 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 en el Twitter no me quiere mucho. Yo me gusta, pero bueno, mándale el saludo. Well, tal vez te, tenemos otro uh, pique por este, este show que llega. Sí, eh, sí, El sí, 18 de sí. marzo, tú contra Fredo. Ah, bueno, sí, estaría bien, pero no tengo mucho que apostar. Entonces, Marco Corleone, gracias, Marco. Es un placer platicar siempre contigo. Eres un gran, gran ser humano.
1: Welcome everyone to Literal Podcast episode number fifty-three. This is Alfredo Sparza, and I finally get to do the intro because Kurt Brown is not here. Actually, he's—he um, called me earlier to tell me he was—he um, was losing his voice, so he wouldn't be able to do the podcast. And I, I actually wanted to do a preview for um, Dos Leyendas, and since we already had a lot of news going into this podcast, I figured I could do it on my own. Actually i didn't figure I could do it on my own. I just figured might as well do it um a lot has happened in the, since the last podcast um we had a couple of wrestlers pass away um, Hayabusa passed away at the age of forty seven a few weeks ago um he suffered he actually suffered a, 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 I guess you could a hemorrhage in his brain um He's probably best remembered for being a top star for the promo FM, FMW promotion out of Japan. Um, really, one of the innovative high flyers of that era, of the mid 90s. A lot of a lot of wrestlers, and not just in J- in Japan, but in Mexico and in the U.S., talked about what a big influence he was to their style and and how much they enjoyed watching him over the years. Um, he his career was really cut short due to a due to a to really a botched lion salt in 2001 where he basically from that point forward, he remained paralyzed. He actually, you know, it's really sad. Cause, um, last year he, he walked for the first, he took a few steps for the very first time since that, since being paralyzed and, um, really sad that he passed away at the age of 47. Um, I actually think the first time I saw him, Russell was probably the super Jacob when I, when back in tape when tape trade when I first got into tape trading, and then right after that I I caught a couple of FMW tapes and um, and actually he was on a few um um Mexico tapes lucha tapes, that um I think the one I remember the most was probably one from a Tijuana. One of those um, lucha mania or I don't remember what it was called but it, he was on one of those, and um, but really one of the things that I I remember the most about him was um. Really, uh, when WCW used to um, release video games, I had just gotten a PlayStation. Um, a PlayStation, and one of the first video games I bought was um, WCW versus the World, and he was on that. He was on that as um, Habanero, and I always found that very. Um, I just found it funny that he that WCW changed all these wrestlers' names, but you knew who they were just because they didn't really hide the fact that this was who who it was. Um, but Really, um, uh, really one of the sad, um, sadder stories in, in pro wrestling that um, just a great, a, a a very talented wrestler whose career was cut short and really to see him pass away at the age of forty seven really sad. Um, this past Sunday, one of the top luchadors from Juarez uh, passed away. Um, Cinta de Oro died at the age of fifty two from a heart attack. Um, he had actually wrestled. This is one of the he wrestled on Saturday, where um, he complained about having. Um, he didn't complain about. I don't think he mentioned that he complained about. The news didn't mention that he complained about chest pain. Just said he complained about feeling a little under the weather at that time, and um, they wrestlers actually offered to take him to the hospital, but he said he he figured it was just um, something he was, um, just something some something he was just you know one of those um, wrestlers' aches and pains. And on the next day, when his son went to visit, to check on him, he found him. Um, he found him dead on um, on his um, couch or his um, on a chair. And really, I, it's 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 kind of it's kind of one of those things where you, you know you hear all these all these people constantly tell you telling you to go go to the doctor and check. You know, if you're feeling chest pains or anything like that, you should go to the the hospital. Go to your doctor immediately. And you know when. You don't really think about it till it actually happens, Um, but Cinta de Oro was really one of those, um, one of the. I mean, from I I actually had a chance to watch him wrestle a lot when I was living in Juarez in El Paso, and because Juarez Lucha used to, um, used to be on television in El Paso, um, and he was he was one of those guys who um, kind of was in that. I think he was kind of in between Atlantis and Ángel Azteca as far as work his 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 work rate. Really talented wrestler. Um he had a... he his 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 name Cinta de Oro came from um from another local um legend out of Juarez um baby Sharon who's uh one of the toughest exoticos. I think you if you've heard this show, you know that we've talked about him in the past. Um Cinta de Oro, he came up with a Cinta de Oro Look, the gimmick, the name and everything. He, he gave it to, um, he gave it to, they gave it to um, Cinta, the the guy who played Cinta de Oro just to see what he would look like and what it would work, if it would work out. And he ended up looking really good in it. So he, he accepted the name. Um, What the mask basically was, if you haven't seen the mask, it's basically just a, Cinta means rope or lasso. And it's basically a, a, a rope, a golden rope going across the mask. And the the mask was usually it, I, the first time I saw it was blue, but it, later on he used um red uh, like a like a of a, a, a wine uh, a red red color and also a, a black color. So um, but it I always found it fascinating because it was such a simple look, but a very um but he made it look so much cooler than than I think you see other masks nowadays where they're like so intricate and everything that they that's why you you're you're into that mask like no Mascara's had a. Had a far more intricate mask, um, Ganek too, but his mask was very simple. But he, the guy carried it, made it look so much cooler. Um, he's probably best remembered for this great feud with Rock, with one of his longtime friends, and, um, two, one of the other top technicals of that era, um, Rocky Star. Actually, there were, I guess there were technically two Rocky Stars, because, um, Crazy Boy 33 brought it over, Crazy 33 brought it over to, um, Took it over to Mexico City for CMLL, EMLL back then, and um, dropped the mask there. But there was another Rocky Star. And um, Rocky Star and him were basically, they're, few, they're actually, their mask build up their, ma- their buildup to their mask was based. their mask match was basically, um, was basically two, they had a, they were both technicos, but they were basically trying to decide who was the best luchador in Juarez. So they had a ma- they had to build it up. They built it up to a mask match to decide who was the number 1 guy in and Juarez. And um if you watch the match it's on YouTube, it's on YouTube. I posted a, a link to it on fa- on the Luchero Facebook page. It should be up there. It's one of the la- most recent updates that I posted. Um basically he he um the the finish of the match was basically a, a very bloody match. Um, Rocky Star drop kicks Cinta de Oro out of the ring and then Rocky Star decides he's got to climb to the top of the, r- r- the corner the top rope on, uh, and he decides to do a plancha he's going to do a plancha on Cinta de Oro except Cinta de Oro decides to move out of the way Rocky Star crash and burns onto the, the floor so um, referee Julio Quiroga who is a heel ref at the, in, in Juarez and I think that a lot of the elements you see in Lucha a lot of it comes from Juarez like the 'Cause Juarez, if you go back to like the if you go back to stuff written about Juarez in the sixties and seventies, you, you hear about the the heel refs and stuff like that. So um he starts doing the count and Cinta de Oro gets back in the ring, breaks the count, stops he gets in on time, and Rocky Star ends up being counted out. So he loses his mask via count out. And like you see the the crowd, it is a packed arena. I mean, that was one of the big sellouts. Of, um of um Gymnacio municipal in Juarez and um he removes his mask gives it to Cinta de Oro and cinta de oro says that to him this not he he proved to himself that he not only was he the top star in Juarez but also rocky star deserves to credit and uh, to of uh, being the top star in Juarez also just a great finish um cinta de oro that year also took um ultraman 's mask um ultraman. Back then, a lot of the luchadors would actually drop their masks in multiple places. So Ultraman actually dropped his mask, I think, in two or three different places. And then Juarez, he dropped it to, um, to Cinta de Oro. And he would come back in the area to seek revenge, unmasked, to seek revenge on Cinta de Oro. And that was an ongoing feud. Um, Cinta de Oro eventually dropped his mask to, um, to another Juarez legend, Fishman, in, I think, 1990. But he continued to wrestle. I mean, he was still, I mean, it's funny because I was telling Kurt, when Kurt canceled to do the podcast, I was telling him, um, I always thought Cinta de Oro was a lot older because, I mean, when you're a kid, you don't really think these guys are, I mean, because that would have made him like, in 1987, I mean, that would that would have made him like in his mid-20s, which is is crazy to think that that, that he was already, sell, he, he was a, a top draw in in that area at that point. When you're think when when you're a kid, you think these guys are like in their thirties, and especially now when when you're watching lucha nowadays, and guys are still going on. I mean, you got Nero Casas. Nero Casas is going to be main eventing a show this this Friday, and he's well past fifty five at this point, and still, you know, still going strong. And it's just amazing to see that a, a guy, you know, with so much talent, could have done. You know, he did a lot really really a a sad sad i mean i don't know maybe if he would have gone to the hospital he could have he could they could have helped them maybe saved them but you know he did a lot one of those great wrestlers out of juarez that i sadly left us too soon you know it's 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 kind of sad because somebody posted a picture and it's like the picture of juarez had um Eddie, eddie guerrero Cinta de Oro, Conan, and I, can't, I think there's another one that had somebody else who passed away. And it's like you just look at guys from the 80s. They're like, man, these guys just, like, they just go, time flies. And, you know, you see these guys pass away way too soon. Oh, let's get to some lighter, some some better news. I mean, I don't know if anybody, if, if, if all of you haven't, if you haven't watched it, I really recommend you guys watching Dragon Lee vs. Kamatachi from March 4th. Great match. Probably right now my probably one of my top two or three picks for match of the year for for two thousand sixteen. I mean, really a great weekend for Dragon Lee and um that that um 'cause I mean I think right after that, the Sunday after that he had a great match with Ray Horace. Uh Ray Horace got out of that match. I mean, he he went to the hospital. That same move, the Phoenix plex that um Dragon Lee used on Kamatachi pretty much took out um Ray Horace the following on Sunday, so hopefully, I mean, everybody says he's okay. Hopefully, he's okay from that. Drag Dragon Lee looked, and Kamatachi really had a great match. I mean, this is coming off of like a couple of matches where they they had this great trios match where with where Negro Casas, Volador Jr., and I think Grand Guerrero was on one side, and I think Stuka Jr. was on the technical side. Just a great match. That was another match. Two weeks prior to that, that was really good. Um, Dragon Lee. I think right now he's my... I mean, if if 2015, he was your pick for Wrestler of the Year, he's probably the early pick for two, for Wrestler of the Year for 2016 also. Um, Kamatachi's really... Um, the other thing that happened leading up to this match was Kamatachi... Um, Kamatachi decided to make a bet that if he lost the match, he and the, the CML Super Lightweight title, he would wear a bikini and in CML Informa. He did not uphold... He did not... he He didn't keep that promise... Because the following um, Wednesday, which was last Wednesday, um, Dragon Lee showed up. No Kamatachi, but Dragon Lee actually said that on his off day on Saturday, he actually bought Kamatachi a, a, a blue bikini bottom, and th- hopes that he will honor his bet on an upcoming um, CML Informa. I don't know if I don't know if anybody's really expecting him to like honor his bet. I don't know if any one of us want him to. But I think it would be funny for him if he did. Also, I think what was it? Last Friday, Dallas La Caribena won the CML World Women's Title from Marcella. I don't. I didn't think the. I thought the match was okay. It wasn't bad. It was okay. There's some people who actually started saying that that kind of was a a, a part of a deal for Negro Casas, dropping his mat, um hair. But I mean, seriously, I think I think I think at this point. As Nero Casas told us in an interview, if da- Dallas keeps them young and, and healthy and ha- happy, I think, I think it's fine. Plus, I think, I think Marcella had held the belt for a, a while. Probably need to. Pro- they probably need some, something fresh to let her be the chaser. I mean, the, the thing I worry about is that there's really not a lot of women and um, there's really not a lot of quality women in CML right now beyond Marcella, Amapola, and Zuxis. So that's something that they're going to have to work on. Although I don't know if a lot of people really want that to happen, but yeah. You know, they they do if they want to keep a women's division, they got to have some talent in there. Hopefully, hopefully it's not just Marcella challenging Dallas again. Then again, I don't really know if I really want to see a, a Dallas versus Uvia or Dallas versus uh Silhueta match, so or Dallas versus Estreita match. I don't know if I want to watch that. The other news that we got recently super porky is not retiring he they could they could have announced this like several weeks ago but i guess since they're doing a lot of interviews for um um dos leyendas super porky announced um mentioned that 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 poster that that was going around about him um them starting a, about in, from monterey from a monterey promoter saying that he was um this was the far, the start of a farewell tour for um porky was actually not true he's not planning on retiring he's actually only 53 years old which is you know, like I say, you know these guys start so young. It's like you're you're thinking these guys are like like a lot older, and you find out they're fifty or fifty three, and you're. I you know a lot of people are probably thinking that's pretty old. It's like no, you're, it's once you read a, reach a certain age, you realize that's not that old. It is old, like for re- American wrestling, but in lucha, it's actually not that old. I mean, because there's a lot of guys who still are. I mean, I think if they retired and they were at fifty three, you could understand. Like oh yeah, he's. But, I mean, a lot of these guys are still around at 45. The fact, I mean, really, wrestlers out of the, in the U.S., a lot of them pass away before they don't even get to 50. I don't know if we're good. That's something that other, other podcasters can discuss. I really don't want to go into that. Uh, but Super Porky's not retiring. And he's actually offended that people are upset that he's going to be in the Dos Leyendas lineup card. He basically said that, one of the reasons he thinks he should be on the card was that he actually got to team up with Liz Mark and he has a valid point on that. But um, I don't know. I think a lot of people are kind of look, looking at super... I mean, he's he's a, a guy who pleases fans still. So I can understand why they would want him on the card because as much as like those of us who are more into the want to watch wrestling, Lucha, you know, you want to see like the high flying, want to watch Dragon Lee, want to watch Rush versus Maximo, Volador versus Negro Casas. Um there is a little there's some internet entertainment value to Super Porky and I'm sure you know although I don't know if putting him against Stephanetico and Mr. Niebla is really the ideal type of match you really want to see. CMLL is also back to running Sundays Elite is supposedly going to start running on Wednesdays but um this week they're actually running like three shows. I think they're running a Wednesday show, a uh, Friday a Wednesday, Thursday. I think they're running Wednesday, Thursday shows. And then they have a Sunday show. So they're pretty much busy this week. Outside of being in um, Arena, Mexico. So we'll probably know more about it. Probably next Monday. Because at the rate they always update their cards. It's probably it's probably going to be a while. I guess we'll go through the Dos Leyendas lineup. Um, they're going to be honoring Salvador Luteroth and Liz Mark. Um, the opening match is going to be the First time on a big show for um, Cien Caras' sons, um, El, El Cuatrero and Sanson. And they're facing Oro Jr. and Soberano Jr. Oro Oro Jr., I'm guessing they're probably warming him up on there if they're going to honor Oro again or something on, on a show. Or they probably just want to remind everybody uh, about Oro passing away again. Soberano Jr. is really good. Oro Jr., I think, I mean... I don't know. I mean, since that mask match with Metallico, he's kind of had a... He hasn't been... I mean, actually, leading up to that match, I don't think he was as good. So I'm not sure about him being on that card. They probably could have started... They could have probably had Star Jr. in his place with Soberana Jr. or anybody else, really. Sanson and Cuatrero, if you haven't seen them wrestle, they're really talented. I actually think they're better than a lot of the... You know, if if they're probably not going to be long in the mid-card, but if you're looking at undercard um, rudos, a lot of the undercard rudos lately, like a lot of the veterans, they're kind of being very rough with the the technicals, the the young high flying technicals. And I think Sansón and Cuatrero, at least they kind of their offense is better suited their 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 style and their their what they do in the ring. Probably is probably more suited to the modern technicals in CMLL. I think um, they're actually both very good. I mean, Cuatrero, I mean, he doesn't have the charisma that Sanson has, but he's probably the better. He looks a little crisper in the ring. Um, Sanson, Sanson, where he looks a lot better in the ring is where he, um, the mannerisms. If you see a lot of his mannerisms or when he gets thrown over the top rope, it really reminds you of Cien Caras, his dad. So I think at some point they're they're definitely going to be main event guys in CML at some point. Um, the second match is um, Los Hijos del Infierno which is surprising that they actually have all three together. Teaming, um, They have Mephisto, Luciferno, and Nefesto going against Angel de Oro, Rey Cometa, and Titan. I should say that for the opener I, I think Cuatrero and Sanson are probably going to win. I just think it'd be a it'd be a, a good way to get those two guys to get, o- get over in front of a larger crowd. And I think, um, I'm guessing they're probably going to be in embusca Busca de Unidolo if they do that again this year. Um, back to the second match. Um, Hijos Inferno Infierno are facing Rey Cometa, Titan, and Ángel de Oro. Basic, your your I mean, it's kind of weird. They've been talking about a Titan-Máscara Dorada-Triton trio. And then Titán and Tritón talked about forming a trio with S- Esfinge, and of course they decided to go with the random technical trio, which I'm fine with because I like Rey Cometa, and Ángel um, de Oro is um, he's okay. This match might be good if um, Hijos del Infierno come in with their working shoes. I have no idea where Hechicero is, which is kind of that's one of those that's that. I just thought about that right now because I was I was thinking about this. 'Cause of the luciferno Echiceto thing. Um he hasn't been around lately. I'm curious. If anybody knows where he's at or what's going on with him. Send send Kurt an email. He'll figure he'll see it in about a week. Um no, just let me know via Twitter or send me a message, whatever you guys wanna you know how to reach me. Angel de Oro, Reiko Meta Titana. I think the hijos de Inferno are probably gonna win. I'm guessing that the Rudos are probably gonna win the first two matches just to keep um a little bit of a balance in on the card. Like I say, this should be an okay match. I'm not really sold on... I kind of would have liked... I would have liked if they would have kept that trio of uh, with Titan a little more... Kept it a little more consistent. But, you know, it's CML. They never like to keep these trios together for too long. Um, third match is actually one of the matches I'm really looking forward to. Mexico versus Japan in an Atomicos match. Dragon Lee, Mascara Dorada, Mystico, and Valiente versus Fujin, Kamatachi, Okumura and Rajin. I think Team Mexico's gonna gonna win. I have uh, oh I should have mentioned I should I have I Jose Infierno winning the I already said that um but I have Team Mexico winning um beating Japan. I just think um well you never know but I, I think they should probably win that. Should be the could probably steal the show. I'm not really, I'm not really sold. I'm not really completely sold on Fujin and Rajin yet. I mean, I, they've been okay when I've seen them, the times I've seen them. But I mean, they'll probably look a lot better in a, uh, with Okumura and Kamatachi together. The times I've seen them, they've usually teamed with Scandalo or somebody else, and it's like it kind of falls apart at, at some point during the match. But this should be good. Fourth match is Rush versus Maximo Sexy in a hair match. I think Rush is going to win. Maximo, sexy doesn't have a lot of hair, anyways. This this feud has been pretty great. Maximo has been uh, he actually kissed him in the last show, and told Rush that he um, he knows that he likes being he liked that he liked being kissed by him, and Rush is very upset about it. So I'm imagining Rush is going to just kill Maximo. The fifth match is the match that kind of everybody's kind of not really that thrilled about. Is has Atlantis, Marco Corleone, and Super Porky versus Cibernetico, Mister Niebla, and Ultimo Guerrero. I'm surprised Caristico didn't make this show, but I think he's booked elsewhere at the, on, the, on that day. I don't know. It's probably gonna get. A, it's gonna have a good crowd heat. It has probably the. It has a lot of the guys who get a lot of reaction from the crowd. I don't expect it to be a good match, but um, it's gonna be entertaining at least. Uh, hopefully super uh, the last show I watched uh, super Porky was on uh, they did this um, they had Ray Bucanero like kick him like roll him out you know by by putting his boot on him and rolling him out out of the ring and when he gets to the rope he can't get he can't get through the rope so he stays stuck in there for a while and it it, it got it was funny, but I mean I don't know if it's supposed to be int- it, it, it was intentionally done, but it just kind of it just kind of looked sad at at the same time. Um, I feel bad for Super Porky when he's climbing down the ropes, but climbing down the stairs. But it's like, yeah, you know, he still likes doing it, and it's not—it's not, it's not gonna—it's not gonna affect me if this one match is really bad. But I expect it to be entertaining. Um, I think the—I think they're gonna have Atlantis, Marco, and Super Porky win that match. Main event is Volador Jr. versus Nero Casas in a hair match, and I think Volador Jr. is gonna win. They've the last show, um, Nero Casas, they had a trios match, and Nero Casas got help again from Puma and Tiger. I'm guessing either Puma or Tiger are going to do the announcing again and probably going to get involved in the match. Uh, only this time, I think it's going to it's gonna backfire. Volager Jr. keeps saying that he has a surprise for Nero Casas, and on the last Informa, he mentioned um, LA Park as a possible surprise, but... He said he didn't know if that was gonna, if that was even possible. That would actually be a pretty cool surprise, and probably be kind of cool to like lead into like a Volador Jr. If they were gonna continue this feud, or if they want to do um, Volador Jr. versus Rush, start the Volador Jr. versus Rush feud. LA Park siding with Volador Jr. would be pretty cool. I don't think that is gonna happen, but you know that would be kind of cool. I have Volador Jr. winning because I actually kind of think they're gonna start. I think they're going to start leading up to a Volador Jr. Rush hair match at um, for the anniversary, which I think would be pretty great. I guess I would guess that would be the the main event, and then you would have like a mass uh, a mid card or undercard mass match, or maybe even have somebody a bigger a bigger name, bigger value as a mass match. But um, I'm guessing that's going to be the that's probably one of my top three guesses for the anniversary. The other one is Atlantis versus any either one of those guys. And probably the third would probably be in something else with um I'm guessing Rush. Who knows? But it looks like it's actually gonna be on iPay per view for those of you who want to order it. I actually still have a still had credit from one of the iPay per views that didn't work. I had the twelve dollar credit, so I'm actually gonna use that. And the funny thing is um uh, when I was gonna I was gonna I was gonna order it on Monday, but I decided to wait a bit. I noticed that they were gonna um, the if I if I used on PayPal it would be the twelve, the twelve dollars because they the the fee that they add. But if I used the credit, I would actually keep uh, I think about um, seventy five cents of credit still in my um, account, which I thought was weird. But so I'm actually gonna use that to get this pay per view. If it works, great. If it doesn't work, hey, I <laughs> I get more credit for another pay per view that's not gonna work. So that's all the news for CMLL. I'm sure there's more. Um actually Marco Marco Corleone mentioned um uh, Lucha Blog, Rob, Bihar, and myself on on CML Informa. And if I wasn't watching that show, we wouldn't have even noticed. So I just wanted to thank Marco for that. He didn't have I mean, I didn't even have I'd have a clue that you know, he follows us. We I mean we interact with him and sometimes and stuff like that, but it was really cool that he actually brought that brought up um mentioned us. And the the other thing of that was I don't hate Julio César Rivera. I mean there's it's I criticize some of the stuff he does, but it's like I don't hate him. So I just wanted to mention that. And if I mean if he still thinks I hate him, that's fine. I don't really care. Triple A news the big Triple A news really is uh Conan seems to be very upset at Triple I think he's gone from Triple A. I think we could. Pre- I mean, Doctor Lucha mentioned. I think the last show we did, we mentioned this that there was actually a possibility he was gone. I think he's really gone, <laughs> or it's a really good angle, and it's like. But um, he mentioned um, he mentioned on Twitter that he um, he started off by saying that he had um, news to mention to, to report, at a later date. Then he like said, um, Dorian Roldan had no word. His word meant nothing, and then like the most recent one, he mentioned um. How AAA owed um, Chris Masters for an injury he suffered, which even Chris Masters has mentioned. Um, and then he mentioned how AAA owed Johnny Mundo, um, him um, Conan, and Brian Cage money. So it's funny because uh, today I'm taping this on a, I'm recording this on a on a Tuesday. Uh, today is um, they're doing um, Lucha Underground at South by Southwest. They're doing a, a conference. And Dorian Rodan is there, and Rey Mysterio is there. And you know where Rey Mysterio is, I'm guessing Conan has to be there. So it's got to be an awkward situation. The other situation, I mean, there's a lot of crazy shit going on with AAA. Um, the other weird thing is um, Oc- um, they debuted um, Octagon Jr., who was, used to be Flamita and Fireball. I think he might, I don't know if he's going to use Flamita still on the indies. Or if he's even gonna do these because I think he's gonna be he's gonna be busy with Lucha Underground and Triple um, A. Oh, did I let that slip? Well, you know, you guys, anybody listening to this probably knows that by now. Octagon was very upset about the, not being told that they were debuting a new Octagon Junior, or asked them or asking him for permission to create a new Octagon Junior, and so he took to social media to um, de- renounce the the what what the Octagon Jr. and and saying he didn't give his permission for Flamita to be um to use the name and very upset at AAA and the thing that you'll notice is AAA actually trademarked the name several years ago they actually uh, and um, Octagon did an interview later on Octagon also released his um a clothing line which is a good way to like prove that you're actually Octagon by the way which is actually one of those weird things because I, I I didn't realize that, but apparently, if you have stuff with your, with your name and you've been promoting that stuff for years, that's actually enough proof. That's also added proof to um, although I think he he would have had to have done it prior. Oct- Octagon's um, his lawsuit is basically gonna be um, he's gonna he his his lawsuit is basically him proving that he had used the name of Octagon before AAA existed. So he just has to prove that and his, it, his belief is by proving that he actually would get the name returned to him and it wouldn't, it, no matter if AAA has the trademark, the rights to the name, it would actually go to Octagon anyways, which is actually a possibility. They actually asked, um, Octagon was, I mean, he was kind of, he was kind of being a dick towards Flamita also. I mean, I, I can understand being upset about your name being used by somebody else, but, um, Lamita, kind of. I think he's in a really a no win situation where he, he's in a new promotion. If they offer you the name, you're, what are you gonna do? Say no? I mean, you see what Pentagon Junior has become, and Octagon Junior. I mean, they actually boot the, they actually boot him. They boot him when he when he first showed up under the name at the at the March fourth tapings in um can't remember what place that was, but um they boot him, and at, by the end of the match, which is a really good four way match between um Pentagon Junior. Flamita. There's a, there's a kid crying outside right now, so it's distracting. Um, well, actually, back to the match on um, Pentagon Jr., Fl- Octagon Jr. I really hope the, the, back, the background of a baby crying shows up on this. I'm going to let you guys hear this for a while. This is what I have to deal with at Walnut Kills Baby's crying. Let me go look outside and tell you guys. Okay, it's just the baby crying. I didn't want to want to make sure there wasn't anything bad going out wrong out there. Uh, basically, the it was four way match: Iho Fantasma, Pentagon Junior, Octagon Junior, and Phoenix. Great match. Uh, they actually started booing Octagon Junior when he showed up. By the end of the match, it ended up being Octagon Junior versus Pentagon Junior to, d- to determine the finalist. The final. F- fourth finalist in the Rey de Reyes match and Octagon jr was getting cheered by the end. But I think the one thing that it's going to be difficult is Pentagon jr is really popular. Despite he's a, even though he's a Rudo, he's actually very popular with the fans. I think that's probably going to be a, something that they're probably going to have to figure out more or less. Maybe have Octagon jr feud with some a uh, guy who people really don't are booing or put him in situations where people are going to actually care about him because Pentagon jr right now, everybody likes him. But um, he did well in his debut. Cibernético, I mean, Cibernético has become the voice of reason, reason in, in lucha, which is, you know, I know people probably think, oh, yeah, how is that? He sucks in the ring, and you think about it, the way he acts in the, as a as a promo guy. But um, they asked him about the about the situation, and he kind of talked about how it, people are blaming Flamita. He's like, it's not Flamita. Flamita's like the least, the least. Uh, person responsible in this situation. He's like, this is between AAA and um, Octagon. He's like, let them settle it the legal way. Flamita, I mean, if he has to go back to a name, he'll find another name. Cibernético also kind of trashed um, AAA. He actually mentioned, which is kind of funny because this is going back to Conan's situation. Um, Cibernético mentioned that um, one of the reasons he left AAA was because um, was because he actually vi- the pay in AAA, according to him, a main eventer was basically making what a, pro, a, a an opening match guy was making. And he kind of says, you can't really, you can't really, that doesn't seem fair when you're seeing the promotion. He's like, you're seeing the, you're seeing AAA going, they're trying to be worldwide and, and trying to make a be, um in the US with Lucha Underground and all that. And he was saying like, we're basically be, being paid like preliminary guys. So he kind of got upset. Said, "If you're not happy in this situation, he's like, and this can be with for anybody in, in anywhere. If you're not happy in your situation, you have the option of leaving." Said, so he left, and he was talking about how um, how there really isn't a monop. He, he in his opinion, there's not going to be a monopoly in lucha because um, because now you have CML and, in the past, you had CML and AAA, and then really the Indies weren't really, you know, they were they were struggling. And he was talking about how now with the lead and all these other promoters putting money into wrestling. Um you're actually seeing um Tniebles Jr. with his full promotion, like they're booking a ton of shows. I don't know if he's making money, but he's got a lot of shows and apparently he claims there's he has seven hundred wrestlers under on his roster, which already beats that uh, whole Jeff Jarrett Global Force thing by like two hundred. So he's saying that, that that's basically there's more options for wrestlers for luchadors. If they don't want to be in one place, they can go elsewhere and be happy. But really the, the thing I'm noticing with a lot of luchadors is that they're getting, the, the doors are opening up more for guys to come to the U S um, CMLL guys for like yo, I remember people are always asking me, why aren't the CML guys in, um, getting booked in the U S and I was like, they're always in the U S you're just not seeing them. Cause you're not really following the lucha scene. in um, like in, um, Los Angeles or actually California, um, Chicago, Tex um, Texas, you'd always see guys from CML in those areas. Um, not all the guys, but you know, some of the some of the 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 guys who actually already had their visas, like Ultimo Guerrero, Atlantis, Blue Panther. You'd always see those guys. Nero Casas sometimes, although he hasn't been around, he's he's actually been sticking more in Mexico City more often. You're you're now seeing guys like Barbario, Mascara Dorada, Rush. Volador Jr. is always in and I mean, Volador Jr. comes to LA at least four times a year so. There's actually more guys getting booked outside of that. And really, it wasn't until Lucha Underground started where you started seeing the AAA guys getting booked booked in um, in the US. And now you're seeing Pentagon Jr. not just doing Lucha Underground. Uh, Phoenix, uh, Mijo del Fantasma, Tejano, n- not just doing um, Lucha Underground. They're actually wrestling in other indie shows. Uh, they did PWG, Chikara. They're doing... Um, in, they were in Texas and Atlanta, the in the Atlanta area this this last weekend. So right now they're in South by Southwest in Austin. So there's there's a lot. of Cibernético. I mean Cibernético. I, I can't. I, the last time he was in, I think the last time he was in the U.S. was like in two thousand eight, two thousand nine, when they did that tour and that with um, that was going to be with um, Lucha Libre USA that just fell apart. And I mean, now he's getting booked in. Um, he was in New York. He's going to be in um, in Pacoima in a couple of weeks. Um, so you're really seeing a lot of guys getting. I, that's really been the, the big opening for these guys. Plus, a lot of these guys are seeing merchandise and all this stuff. People actually they're finally figuring out how to sell stuff to other outside of their outside of Mexico City. Because I mean, I don't know about these guys. Why these guys didn't realize this? But people in the U.S. Outside, in Japan, outside and other parts of the world. They actually want to buy merchandise. They actually like, you know. They actually want to help guys make money, like support them. You know, like because it's, it's they got a cool shirt, you'll buy it. You know, Ingobernable shirts, all that stuff. Although I never got my Ingobernable shirt. Let's get back to uh, oh, there was a some commemorative AAA coins that were released by AAA. Um, AAA worked out a deal with a with a a coin company in um, Mexico, and they released three coins. Uh, featuring Psycho Clown, La Parca, and Rey Mysterio. I don't know. They're available in Mexico, but I haven't heard if they're going to be available outside of Mexico. They look cool. They should make them available. I think the Rey Mysterio one would probably sell very well on eBay. <laughs> so I'm, I'm guessing if you live in Mexico and you really want to make some money, maybe find a friend in a, or like if you know how to use eBay or like or you know how to start a little shopping cart, a little shop, a shop on on online, very simple to do. You might want to buy a few and sell them on that way, or maybe somebody like has a couple of bucks. I think they were they were going to range between, um, I think four hundred and five hundred pesos, somewhere around that range. I know it was like twenty two to thirty two bucks when I did the currency converter. Some of the other AAA news, um, Garza Jr., who mentioned um, he wasn't going to leave. He had no, he, there were rumors, there's been rumors, um, the, um, the Wrestling Observer mentioned that um, Garza Jr. and um, his um, cousin Ultimo Ninja had uh, actually had, had actually, WWE had interest in them. And they were gonna, um, they were gonna have tryouts with WWE. And Garza Jr. denied those rumors. And then this past week, Super Lucha, I think Monday, um, Super Lucha um, posted that, um, PW Insider actually had um, reported that Garza Jr. had been seen in um, at the Performance Center in um, in Orlando, and um, Super Luchas had mentioned that Ultimo Ninja might have been there as well. So, so so much for believing luchadors taking them by their word, because this apparently did happen, and they just didn't want to reveal it. Which is all that's that's the normal thing for anybody going to WWE. Let's see what else. Um, well, I guess we should do the Rey The Reyes preview now that we know the full lineup. Um, the opening match for Rey The Reyes is a Relevos. Actually, it's a trios match, not a Re- Relevos de Locura match. Actually, it is a it is a Relevos de Locura match. The Atomicos match, the four versus four. There's actually a Luchador Sorpresa. Uh, Fabio Apache, Mascarita Sagrada, and Pimpinela Escarlata versus Mamba, Mini Charlie Manson, Taurus, and Taya luchador sorpresa i'm guessing is going to be octagon junior maybe i'm just assuming it's him every time so i'm thinking the tecnicos probably win this match um second match is for the triple a trios titles as zorro dark scoria and dark cuervo defend against aerostar Dragon, and phoenix aerostar Dragon, and phoenix are the the king of trios that one in Chikara, that I, that's the name they're kind of using, and um, I think that's the name they're using for the, the building up to this match. I'm going to guess that Aerostar, Dragon, and Phoenix are going to win, and it's good to see Aerostar and Phoenix teaming up again after th- they had that little skirt, that little disagreement on Twitter, which led to Phoenix actually getting rid of Twitter. So that was actually a good thing for Phoenix. Not everyone can you have Twitter and live with it, but that should be a very good match. It's kind of weird because Zoro has like been around for a long time in AAA, and it's like, I don't know, for some reason lately. Like, hopefully he'll look good in this match. I don't even remember what he's looked like because it's like he's always in and out of, like I don't know, like he's always like been there, but you're always forgetting about Zoro. Like, oh yeah, there's Zoro. The AAA tag match, of course, it's a three way tables, ladders, and chairs match. Averno and Chessman defending against Daga and Joe Leader, and Australian Suicide teaming with Jack Evans. I have no idea why Angelico isn't in this match, since he's healthy. I guess so, but that's eh, Australian Suicide and Jack Evans. I I think I think um, Averno and Chessman are probably going to keep the titles. Poor Jack Evans continues to be in these types of matches. I don't think he's ever been in a regular tag or a singles match on. Uh, Triple A big show. It's always one of these type of matches. Um, the Rey the Reyes final is set. It is Blue Demon Junior versus Viano Four versus L- versus La Parca versus Pentagon Junior, and I think um, it, I would think Pentagon Pentagon Junior would win, but I'm guessing La Parka is going to win because considering the Roldans have taken over and Conan isn't around, so. I'm going with LaParca. If all else fails, go Parka in this in anything involving one of these multiple mat person matches. I really want Pentagon Jr. to win, but I'm guessing Parka's gonna win. Um, the fifth match is Psycho Clown versus Dr. Wagner Jr. Yeah, I'm guessing I'm gonna go with Psycho Clown winning some way and maybe this leading up to something else down the road with Wagner. I don't know. I just don't I think is going to win. Um 6 match Messi El Mesias versus Tejano Jr for the Triple A Mega Title, World Mega Title. I am going to go with Mesias winning. I think he's going to win. Cuz I think that could lead up to him versus I don't know. I think Tejano Jr.'s... Although I really like Tejano Jr.'s run as champion because he was really... That really established him. It kind of built up other guys to move up to, towards his... to take on him, take him on. But I think Macias is probably going to be the more likely guy to win. Either one, I'm surprised. I, 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 I wouldn't be surprised whoever wins, but I'm going with Macias. Plus, it, it'd be kind of cool to have Macias and Mil Muertes both holding the belts because this is going to make my top... Re- my my... my my lucha world rankings, weekly rankings, totally confusing because I could probably rank both of them. <laughs> I won't. I'll probably rank them all. I'll just put them both together. Let's see what else is going on. Lucha Underground, like I said, taping. We're recording this today, and as we're recording, Lucha Underground is at the South by Southwest show. They um, had they have a show at um in Austin. Looks like fun. They had a they had a periscope um, showing um. Melissa Santos greeting the fans. And Jack Evans showing up and being a total heel. Doing a great job. Just offending. I think he asked some guy some weird question. And the guy couldn't figure out what the hell he was talking about. Recent good matches. Actually the last Lucha Underground show had a, I think one of the better matches. I think it's probably one of the three or four best matches that in Lucha Underground's short history. Mel Muertes versus Prince Puma and Pentagon Jr. Great match. Definitely recommend any all of you watching that if you haven't. I think it was great. I mean, made Mel Martes look like a real like a just look look like a badass. And even with Prince Puma and Pentagon Jr. Losing, they you still want them to get another rematch down the road. They were great. There was this really like I don't know. I kind of liked the. I mean, I was expecting to hate the Cage versus Taya match. I was expecting to hate it. But I kind of liked it. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, maybe maybe it's something wrong with me. But um, they they set up two tables where um, Tayo went through the two tables. I mean, uh, quite the trooper to go through those things. Um, you know, not, I'm not a big fan of her work or anything. But um really surprised she went did that. Johnny Mundo got involved. And, you know, this match probably... It's kind of funny because I mentioned this on Twitter. Every time somebody complains about... Um, these intergender matches, it seems like Lucha Underground just decides to go take it up a notch and like find another way to like just destroy a, one of these, one of the women in, in a match. But you know, it's it's not real, guys. It's actually just it's wrestling. You know, it's work. It's not. Yeah, you know, you can't really you can't really discuss this stuff. You know, sometimes people get take it a little too get carried away with it. Um, it's not it's not like they're it's not like a football. It's not football. It's not like a sporting event where. Where like somebody's tackling the the girl, or it's actually not like a a real you know it's they're actually they're trained they're doing spots it's not um the moth beat Willie Mac well actually the Mac um we finally saw mariposa who is actually um i don't know if you guys want me to reveal who it is, but mariposa's a good wrestler I'm sure most of you probably know who it is um Lise con <laughs> got herself. And Son of Havoc and Angelico, a rematch for the trios titles. But as part of the deal, if they lose, they're actually out of Lucha Underground. So I'm guessing they're going to win. But I wouldn't be shocked if they lost, you know, because you never know. I mean, being Loser Leaves Town in Lucha Underground just means you're going to be re-gimmicked or, you know, disappear for a couple of episodes. You never know. They could be back, do something else. I don't know. The week prior to that, they had a ladder match between um, King Cuerno and Phoenix. A lot of people really liked it. I kind of didn't like it just because it um it kind of like it kind of seems like it's just moving furniture back and forth, and that's kind of what I felt like. The ladder match is just like they're moving the ladder, setting it up. I'm very impatient when it comes to those type of matches. You know, you, you could instead of put it, placing the ladder, you could actually be spending that time beating the shit out of your opponent or doing a dive. Instead, you're, like, moving the ladder, setting it up, making sure it doesn't fall, you know, all this other stuff. I actually didn't. I, I think the ending of that match was great, but, like, the, the, the first couple minutes were really slow for me, so I I didn't really like it as much as other people did. Um, let's see what else is going on. Well, there's actually some news on, um like, like, Trauma 2, his situation. I have no idea what's going on with that. For those who don't know, um, Trauma 2 was his... Well, according to the uh, to the newspaper Metro, his ex girlfriend accused of, accused him accused him of holding her against her will and um, basically raping her. And he denied that. And actually, in another report, he said that that not only did that not happen, he never they, he, he and this girl haven't really he wouldn't really they haven't really been together for that. They weren't together to that point where they actually had a relationship, like she claimed they did. So um, that's just a sticky situation where I have no idea what. Hopefully, I I mean I met the guy, you know. But like I said, you never know with, you know. There's there's always, when it comes to relationships, you just don't wanna. You kind of don't wanna. You don't really want to comment on that because you never, you never know what a what a, a guy or girl are gonna do in a relationship. There actually was a good show. Um, If you guys haven't watched it, Charo from um, December, that show is now up on YouTube. I haven't watched it, but I recommend everybody watch that. I'm probably going to watch that, and I'll probably talk about it on the next podcast. If Kurt's not available to do that, then I'll talk about it again on my own. You guys can think I'm crazy for doing a podcast on my own. I kind of think it's kind of like, now I know how difficult this is for Carl Stern to do. And now I have much more respect. I already like. I really. I already like Carl Stern. I don't agree with everything he says, but I do. I do actually like him. Res- really like the, the the stuff he does. The history, the, very the historical work he does on his podcast. I do like that. I disagree on the. I, I'm sure he changed his opinion on casas as he's caught up on on Lucha and all that. But um, I have. Newfound respect for what he does doing a solo podcast because it's very difficult to do a talk for like, I mean, I'm already reaching an hour and I've been talking for, and it's kind of like, I'm already getting tired talking. What else is going on? But I do recommend watching that show. Um, The other stuff I have to talk, I I haven't watched the Fantastic Mania shows and I keep saying I want to watch it and talk about it. But every single week, I swear, there's a show, there's a Puebla show on Monday. Tuesday, there's a Rena Mexico. I haven't watched, I've been Puebla has been so bad that I haven't watched it lately. The Tuesday shows have been so bad. I have I've only watched parts of them. Uh, but now there's I watch Informa on Wednesday. I watch Lucha Underground. And then the Mas Lucha crew does this show called Esto es Lucha where it's like basically a kind of like part in the interruption. I think I might have mentioned that on the last show. Um and they have guests on a weekly basis and the last show they had, they had um Kaifan on the show, and he, I mean, well, I, I don't know if like many of you guys know. Kaifan is from Monterrey, and one of the one of the one of the first people I met, or actually one of the first people I met from online from Mexico was actually a guy from Monterrey um, named Roberto, and he used to hook, like if you if you guys have seen um the Atlantis versus Viano three show, match and the entire sh- or the entire show um he's basically the guy who was the source for that so he's basically the guy who really got a lot of us into lo- like getting to know a lot of the people in mexico um in in that region of Mo- um in the monterey region and uh one of the first um, guys that roberto and he he did it because his son um roberto jr who we used to call robertito who now he's a you know he's like i think he's 21 22 years old um about to get married or got married robertito is now roberto and he's actually a uh, uh does um news on he's i think he's the sports guy on um or i don't know what he is on in in on uh, Multimedios in monterey one of the channels in monterey and um he used to do interviews with luchadors back in like when he was 6 7 years old and you know his interviews you know for, you know, for a kid, they were they were a little you know they were they were they were short because guy you know when you're a little kid how many questions are gonna you know these guys are busy and they got they got to do other things, so um he did that for a bunch of years and one of the first things he he was one of the first guys who did a news board, I think he still uses the same news board still has I think he still has the same website I tried to talk him into doing a WordPress site and I guess he kind of I think that he might, he might have misunderstood my um, my suggestion and, and actually started a WordPress. You know, on the WordPress.org site, when I told, I think your, I think your, every website when you buy a, your host offers all these different um, programs or uh, software programs, and one of them is WordPress, and I kind of thought maybe he could get it that way, and um, so he did, he did that, but before that, he actually did a, he used to do um, online chats, and one of the first online chats in for Lucha was actually um, the Kaifanes both brothers and they would actually, we would actually ask them questions. I think there were like eight people on the, on the eight guests on the show, on uh, um, asking them questions. I think it was, um, I know Rob was one of them. I was one of them. And I think there was somebody else that, w- that's we still talk to right to this day. Um, But there was like eight to 10 of us. And um, so we, one of the things we always want to know is what happened to his brother because um, his brother actually quit the business to, um, he speaks uh, court, well. The way he said it, because they don't say minister or or pastor. They say he he preaches the word, <laughs> and that was the the word of of the Lord. So um, that's basically what he's doing now. Um, the other thing that he talked about was um, he was talking about how what happened to Monterey Lucha and Monterey Lucha was really hot because um, I was surprised because I, I knew I I thought the Mas Lucha guys had actually been had actually known heard about this before, but. Um, the Mas Lucha guys were tell um were telling him that they barely found out about Caifán and Hechicero in two thousand ten when Peros El Mal ran a show in Monterey and brought them in as um to film the show. And he, they were asking him when at what point did um, Monterey Lucha die down. Cause I mean, if you guys don't know about Monterey Lucha, it really like it really fell apart like and, and really the when it fell apart was when um, Lila Cavazos, um, for those who was a promoter in Monterey she was a promoter in um, Arena Coliseo Monterrey um, the she's also the mother of um, Antifaz del Norte she passed away and when she passed away the i mean that that whole area cuz if you look at it 2003 was really when it really you saw the noticeable decline in not just the not just the attendance but the quality of the shows i mean it started getting a little more comedic a lot of more a lot of more a lot more um Guys weren't really guys were slacking off on, on what they were doing in the ring. Um, you used to have like Ali Park and Dr. Wagner Jr. and Silver King all like grabbing, you know, playing grab ass and stuff like that. So it, it kind of just fell apart, and and that's what Kaifan was saying. He said that that before that, I mean, from two because he started, I think he started in two thousand or nineteen ninety nine two thousand or some some time like that. And um, he was saying that you, if you watch those shows and they it was true, they were packed houses. Caifanes were feuding with the Orientales. You had young guys like Ricky Marvin, Volador Jr. coming in like towards the like the 2000 2002 era. And he was talking about how how you, they were like really hot crowds and he was talking about how, how that business back then Solidaridad um, Arena Solidaridad would um, run show. They were with um they were tied in with um AAA. Arena Coliseo Monterrey was tied in with um CMLL at that time. And both, arena, all, both arenas would pack houses. And now it's like go, a ghost town in that area. And what happened was, um, and you know, it's funny, going back to Roberto. Roberto Jr. started running, um, he was the promoter. He wasn't really the, he was the promoter only of Yaves y Candados later in, like in, I guess I think he started like in the late, two, like 2011, 2012 era, 2010, 2011 era. And um, what they would do, they would actually bring in celebrities to work with Conan Big. And that became the big thing. Those were the shows that would sell out. But everything else, like with the other names, like the, the if they brought in guys, just regular wrestling shows, lucha shows, they wouldn't draw. So um, that kind of just, that just kind of killed the business. But I like, I know um, Conan used to give um, Roberto Jr. grief on online for... Um, for booking that stuff, but it really—I mean, it really wasn't him. It's—it's was, what you're told to do because it's basically the the channel. Multimedios owns um, Arena Coliseo de Monterrey or has a part in, in 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 that building. So that's that's who wants if they want Conan Big to work with them. And you know, you had hijo del Ninja, who who most of you know now as Garza Jr. Um, he was one of the stars of that territory and of that of that. Of that show and because he was doing that show that that um that reality show where he took off his mask and you know as soon as he took off his mask i think everybody figured oh he should be a guy who wwe goes after and they they actually are now yeah so kaifan was talking about that and that's one of the shows and then i watched friday shows so basically the it's hard to watch all this other stuff because i'm watching all this other stuff and everybody keeps posting stuff on youtube and it's hard to not like if it's an interview i'm watching it i i have to watch interviews because i I like I like translating some of the stuff just to get people to because I'm sure some of these guys have interesting things to to pass along. So so this week Dos Leyendas definitely go you gotta watch that order it on iPay-Per-View. If it, I would say order it on iPay-Per-View, but I don't know if it's even gonna work. So that's up to you. I will say that I did get a, a store. I did get a, a credit through the their their internet provider so they internet um i i per view provider that i'm going to use um what else we don't know if the triple a ray the Reyes is going to be on i per view yet if we do a podcast next week we'll probably tell you by then but it'll probably be like on a tuesday so who knows um i think ray the Reyes is on a wednesday so it's going to be kind of late keep looking check on, check on the website lucha world and check check and see we'll have we'll give you guys an update on that um, what else is going to happen? Yeah, watch, watch the Dos Leyendas and Charo will be back. We'll be back in, I guess, next week or the following week, depending on Kurt's schedule. If Kurt's not back, I will probably be back. So, but if if you like the podcast, let Kurt know. Send Kurt an email at Liger at AOL.com. L-Y-G-E-R at com. Tell Kurt. Tell Kurt. Let Kurt know if you, if you like this podcast. I don't care if you guys like the podcast or don't like the podcast. because if, if I if I don't get any response, I assume people don't like it. If I get response, I'll assume people liked it or hated it, and then I might end up being compelled to do it again. I guess we'll be back in a few weeks. Until then, uh, I don't know the Kurt's cat free, catchphrases. So so long.